0: head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon and be blessed. So as we mentioned earlier, we're, we're in the middle of our tw- our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I hope that this last week, or this first week, if you will, um, the Lord has been at work in your life. I will say, I have been so encouraged hearing a number of stories uh, from you all as the Lord has been at work in your life and you have trying to figure out what that prayer pattern uh, looks like in your life and what it means to fast. And I just want to encourage you, don't give up. We're only a week in. And what the enemy would want you to do is to say, you know what, I tried prayer, I tried fasting, I've tried to spend the first 15 minutes in the morning and it's just not working for me. And so I'm just going to go back uh, to my old pattern the way that things used to be, and I'll just pray whenever I want, or I don't have to fast. I, don't give up. We're only—this uh, is our second Sunday, and so we're really just getting started, and so I just want to encourage you to just hang in there. I also want to encourage you next Sunday— Uh, next Sunday evening, we are going to have a time of worship and prayer together as a body of believers. We're going to talk about praying together and the importance of that today. We're going to talk about it next Sunday, and so I want to encourage you, put that on your calendar and actually be here. I hope that you have spent uh, the first 15 minutes of each day in prayer. We talked last week about what it means to put God first. And so starting first in your day, of spending five minutes in worship, five minutes talking to God, and then five minutes listening to God. If you haven't, I encourage you to start. Or if you did it for a day or two days, I encourage you to get back to that make it a discipline, make it something that you do, so then that way you're beginning the day with God. And I promise you, I promise you, if you will do this, you will start the day refreshed and revived in a way that you may not have done before as you experience time in worship and spending in in conversation uh, with the Lord. And so as we've been in um, some time of prayer and fasting, I have really uh, began to get deep into some theology, like really, 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 really deep in theology, like Charlie Brown theology, like deep, deep, deep Charlie Brown theology. And so uh, I want to share with you a comic strip that just really uh, the Lord used to speak to me uh, this week. This was um, one of Charles Schultz's. Uh, Charlie Brown strips from 1985, March 10th of 1985. And this one uh, has Charlie Brown as the baseball player. So you remember Charlie Brown uh, loved to play baseball. Not very good at football, no, a little bit better um, at baseball. But in this, uh, I know it's going to be difficult for you to read, but I want to just read this one to you. A pop. So this is Charlie Brown uh, on the pitcher's mound. It says, a pop fly. I got it. It's all mine. If I catch this ball, we'll win our first game of the season. Please let me catch it. Please let me be the hero. Please let me catch it. Please, on the other hand, do I think I deserve to be the hero? The kid who hit it doesn't want to be the goat. Is a baseball game really this important? Lots of kids all over the world have never even heard of baseball. Lots of kids don't even get to play at all or have a place to sleep or, and then the ball hits the ground right beside Charlie Brown. Listen to this last frame though. The catcher shows up and says, Charlie Brown, how could you miss such an easy pop fly? And Charlie Brown says, I prayed myself out of it. I prayed myself out of it. Do you know what the enemy wants you to do? He wants you to pray yourself out of it. And he wants you to think your prayers aren't important. You're praying for whatever it is here in a land of plenty, in a beautiful country, amazing, and we have so many freedoms. And the enemy wants you to think, oh, it doesn't matter. Your prayer doesn't even matter. People around the world don't even know about what it is that you're praying for. Your prayer is for something that some people may never even experience. And the enemy has this uh, conversation going, attacking us all the time with the things that we're actually praying about. And then if we would be honest with ourselves, we all have been like Charlie Brown from time to time where we stop the conversation with God, things fall flat, people start asking, well, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you believed in God. I thought you believed in the power of prayer. I thought your church did 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I thought that you fasted for something. And then when we're honest with ourselves, the truth is we prayed ourselves out of a lot of different things. Now is the point where you've got to buckle down, right? This is the point in this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting that it's it's waiting on the Lord and getting serious with Him. Don't let the enemy pray yourself out of it. Don't let the enemy say it doesn't matter because it does. And what we'll see in Scripture today is all things actually matter to God. You know, a lifestyle of prayer and trusting Him doesn't happen after only one week of prayer and fasting. What we're doing is developing a lifestyle of prayer and trust so that we go through one week and we say, I don't know, I'm not certain about this, but I'm just going to keep on walking forward in my relationship with God. It doesn't happen after one week. But the promise of God No matter how long you've had a lifestyle of prayer and trust, the promise of God is always that He hears our prayer. The promise of God is that He is always faithful. We may not be aware of the things that He's actually doing, but that doesn't mean that we just pray ourselves out of it. We talk ourselves out of continuing forward, we stay in the game, and the next batter that comes up when the fly ball's coming at us, we get ready to catch it. And if we drop it, that's okay. We move on from it, and we get ready for the next thing that's coming up, and the next thing that's coming up. We stay in the game with God. You see, prayer is most effective when it's more than just a now and then practice, When it's just, I'll pray whenever I get the time, or I'll pray whenever I get the opportunity. Prayer is more effective whenever we cultivate a regular pattern of prayer in our life. And that's a part of why I've been pushing, or I started last week pushing you, spend the first 15 minutes of the Lord of the day with the Lord. Spend that time with the Lord. Give Him the first part of your day. And then as Jesus prayed, all of the, or it reminded us, all of these other things will actually be added to you. Prayer is more effective when we cultivate this lifestyle of prayer and spending it actually with the Lord. Why is that true? Charles Stanley actually said this. When you prioritize Jesus above everything else, you'll experience true intimacy with God. When you prioritize Jesus above everything else, then you will experience true intimacy with God. And so we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 29 this morning. So if you have a Bible or a device with a Bible on it, I want to encourage you to open up to Jeremiah chapter 29. We're just going to look at three short verses I usually read from the NIV, the New International Version, but as I was reading this passage over the last couple of weeks in different translations to see uh, what the Lord may stir in my mind, I settled on the NET, the New English Translation. It's a translation that I used to study. I encourage you to look into the NET. It's fabulous. I love it. Um, you get tons of study notes, uh, tons of, uh, of what does the Scripture mean and some of the Greek or the Hebrew in it, and so I encourage you to look at that. But we're going to look at Jeremiah 29, just a couple of verses this morning, starting in verse 12. I'm going to put it on the screen um, uh, because it's the NET, and chances are you don't have that um, unless you have a device. So the NET, Jeremiah 29, Now we all know Jeremiah 29, 11, right? That's, that's one that if you've ever been a part uh, or been around the church very long, you know, Jeremiah 20, 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope and, and a future. We, we know that. And I don't want to include this verse, uh, verse 11 here, because I want to focus on what God is actually saying here in verse 12, 13, and 14. This is what the Lord says. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And so if over this past week you have been wrestling… With, uh, I, I don't know that God is actually hearing. I don't know. Uh, I haven't had any of my prayers answered. I'm still struggling with a lot of things. I want to encourage you to come back to Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, Jeremiah 29, 12, 13, and 14 this week and read those verses and pray over those verses. And so, as you are spending the first 15 minutes of your day in prayer and worship, talking to God and listening to God, remind God of those verses. Bring up those verses in your prayer time. Read them out loud as a reminder to your heart and to the enemy that, that God does hear us whenever, he, whenever we pray. God does show up whenever we pray. And as Charles Stanley said, whenever we move forward in this practice, this cultivating a lifestyle of prayer, what it does is it builds our intimacy with God. And what you will discover is as you spend this time with God, your heart grows more and more fonder for Him and not the things that you're actually praying about. It's like the hymn that, we, that uh, the church is saying for decades and decades. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And as you turn your eyes upon Jesus, what you will discover, the hymn says, this is the line, the things of earth will go strangely dim. So as you spend this time with the Lord, as he does hear your prayer, that intimacy, that love that you have for God, that desire that's in your heart will grow and grow and grow and you will discover that your desire for the things of this world will grow strangely dim. I once heard that a sinning man who prays stops sinning and a praying man that stops praying starts sinning. Because that time with the Lord is that intimate time that we actually have to have, that's vital for our relationship with Him. And that's why we are starting this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. So this passage is a reminder. That you call on me, God says, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So I've highlighted a couple of sections of these verses here that I want you to really grasp this week, that I want you to pray about this week. Have a conversation with the Lord about these, these highlighted sections this week. The first part, God says, I will listen to you. The second part says, I will be found by you. Um, We all know that we have Warner Christian Academy here, Um, and there are um, over 400 students, depending on the day where we're at, 400 and something students, 450 or somewhere in their students that are on this campus Monday through Friday. The interesting thing to me is when you have that many students that are on the campus, all of these littles that are on the campus, do you know what they just want to be found. They want to be seen, right? And so some of them want to be seen, and they show it in some unique, annoying ways. You could look at the disciplinary reports if you want to see some of those. A lot of that are kids that just want to be seen. Kids that want to be found, if you will. They want somebody to look at them and pay attention to them, and they want somebody to hear them. They want to be found and so they will act out in some unique ways. Now, some of them, well, we won't, get into the, we won't get into that. But then there are others that retreat and they just get quiet. There are others that excel in academics or they sell, excel in athletics or they excel in painting or performing or so many different ways. But at the heart of every child, at the heart of every human, is we just want to be found We want to be found. You know, God is that way because he made us in his image. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be found. We want somebody to have conversation. We want to to be seen and known. Even the most shy people, that's a part of what is inside of them. You know, God is the exact same way. He wants you to find Him. The promise from this passage of Scripture that we read in Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 14, says, I will listen to you. I will be found by you. And some of us in our prayer life treat God as if we're actually playing hide and seek with Him. That God is hiding, and we have to go find God. That God is hidden somewhere, and we've got to do the hard work of actually digging in and finding actually where God is at. I've shared with you before, when I was a kid, I loved to play play hide-and-seek with my mom's dad, my grandpa. And my grandpa actually didn't want to play hide-and-seek, but he told us that we were playing hide-and-seek, and and I thought we were. My sister, we thought that we were actually playing hide-and-seek. And so grandpa would say, go hide And I will come find you. And we would go hide wherever we would go hide. And we would hide, and we would hide, and we would hide. And I would eventually get to the point to where I would say, Grandpa, I'm not hiding in the closet, so don't come look in the closet for me. And he'd say, okay, I won't look in the closet. Like, okay, you can look in the closet if you want to look in the closet, because I might be in the closet. I might be hiding there, waiting to actually be found. Or my sister would hide under the bed a lot. I remember Jamie hiding under the bed. And Jamie would say, don't look under the bed because I'm not hiding underneath the bed. We thought we were playing hiding seek. But grandpa, after 30, 40 minutes, sometimes even an hour, would finally get up and he would come and actually discover us. We thought he was looking for us when he wasn't. We wanted to be found. You know, I think if we would stop all of the noise in our life and stop all of the hustle and bustle and the busyness that we experience and going through the routines and going through the motions and doing the things that we feel that we have to accomplish in a day, God would say, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. Would you come here and spend some time actually with me? You know, one of the beautiful things in a relationship with God that He has done, He came and He found you so that you could actually be with Him. So that there is no game of hide and seek with God. So that He is always with you in in, in His presence. You see, God found us so that we would not be lost. So that we would be able to experience Jeremiah 29, verse 12, 13, and 14. That He would listen whenever we cry out to Him. And that barrier that was there in our life that stopped us from actually being able to have a conversation with God or being able to experience His presence through the infilling of the Holy Spirit and walk in the freedom of His salvation, He came to remove that barrier so that He could be a God who was found in your life. The discipline, though, for us, is applying this and stop playing hide-and-seek with a God that wants to be found in your life. You see, the last part of this verse is, I think, the key. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, with all of your heart. That's the key. That's the key right there. God says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart, with all of your heart. Several um, months ago, Melissa got a new car. It's a Ford Explorer. It's not a new car. It's a used car. It's new to us. She got a Ford Explorer, and whenever we drive around now, I see Ford Explorers everywhere. Before this summer, when we got that car, I never saw a Ford Explorer. I I, I never saw a Ford Explorer. And now I see them everywhere. We were in the car for a couple of hours yesterday, uh, spending some time together and, and, and running some errands and so forth. And everywhere we went, there was Ford Explorer after Ford Explorer after Ford Explorer after Ford Explorer. And a lot of them were the exact same color of Melissa's car. But prior to the summer, I wasn't aware that there was even a Ford Explorer that was out there. And as I was thinking about that last night, all of these Ford Explorers that were out there, the way that my brain works, I was thinking, oh, this is good for us because if we ever need a fender, there's a lot of Ford Explorer fenders that are out there and we'll be able to get a fender a whole lot cheaper because there are Ford Explorers everywhere that are out there. But as I was thinking about that, it hit me. That's how some of us are in our walk with God. We don't spend time with God and so we don't have a lot of awareness of where he is actually around us. God's at work everywhere all the time. He's always doing billions and trillions and trillions and trillions of things. And if you don't have an awareness of God, because you haven't spent time in prayer with Him, you're never going to find Him. You will not know what God is doing, and you're praying, God, do something, and He's already doing something, but you don't have the awareness of it because you never spent time with Him in prayer. But then as you start spending time with God in prayer— You buy a Ford Explorer, you see a Ford Explorer. You pray to God, you see miracles of God. You spend time with God, you all of a sudden are going to have this awareness, oh my goodness, God is always at work in every area of my life. And the way that you get there is to experience God. The way that I was made aware there were Ford Explorers is when I got behind the seat of one and I actually bought it and I'm like, oh my goodness, they're everywhere. The more you spend time with God, the more you will be aware of the things that He's actually doing in your life. And then you will say, hey, he's faithful. I've witnessed it. The reason you may not have been aware of the faithfulness of God is because you didn't seek him with all of your heart and actually devote a portion of your day to grow that intimate relationship with him. That's why it's so important for you to wake up each day and say, God, I want to spend time with you. Let me spend these first 15 minutes, and then you know what will happen? As you cultivate this lifestyle in your life, that 15 minutes will grow, and then you've got to start waking up earlier. And when you start waking up earlier, and when you start sacrificing, that gets the attention to God of God, and God's like, oh, they're serious. They really mean it. That's a part of why we're going to talk more in detail next week about fasting, Whenever we're focusing on everything. Ann Graham-Lotz is the, the daughter of, of Ruth and Billy Graham, wrote about this in one of her books. She says, I was reflecting on the many trials that I faced over the last several years. I was dealing with so much, my parents, my parents' serious illness, my son's battle with cancer, and so many other things— I finally came to the point to where all I wanted was Jesus. Just give me Jesus, I shouted. Just give me Jesus. I finally realized, she said, listen to this, that if I had a personal, intimate relationship with the Savior of this universe, then whatever problems I face, He would face them with me. He would bring a sweet resolve and a sweet peace to my life. You see, Jeremiah says... Jeremiah records the words of the Lord, and he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. And so my question to you today is when you pray, are you seeking the answer, or are you seeking the one who's going to answer? Because there's a difference. And a lot of us show up in prayer, and we're like, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this. I need an answer. When God wants us to show up, he says, just seek me, and I will give you the answer. You see, there's a difference in our prayer, and that's what I truly believe. that When when God says, seek me with all of your heart, I truly believe that that's what He means. Don't seek the answer. Instead, seek the one, Him, who's going to give you the answer. So in your prayer time, if we were to do an assessment this morning, I don't want you to live in shame. I don't want you to say, man, I've been doing it all wrong, because you haven't, because you've been doing it, and that's right. The way that a baby begins to walk is to roll around on the floor. And then they eventually get up on their knees and they start rocking. And then they eventually will begin to stand up and hold on to some things. But what always happens with every infant, who before they walk and then before they run, is they always fall down. So don't let the enemy tell you, you fell down in prayer, you fell down in, pray- in fasting, so you may as well stay down. Don't do that, because that's the shame and the lies of the enemy, and God doesn't work in shame. He always removes the shame. What you've got to do is begin to make a shift in saying, God, if you never answer, if you never answered one prayer in my life, I still want to get up every day, and I want to start it with you. If you never provided one more thing for me, I'm okay with that because it's not about the things, it's about you and me having an intimate relationship with you. This is what it means to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer, not to seek the answers, but to instead seek the one who's going to answer God's promises are still true in our life. And whenever He said in Jeremiah 29, call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you, that's still true for you today. Whenever He says, you will seek me and find me, when you seek me with all of your heart, that's still true for you today. Whenever He says in Jeremiah 29, 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, that's still for you, true for you today. God wants to be with you. Do you just want to be with God? Do you want to be with God? This morning, what I want to ask you to do is to commit to Him and to commit some time to Him and be serious about it this week. Block it out. Tell other people, don't interrupt me. Let me just spend this time. Defend that relationship. Because he says, when you do it with all of your heart, when you do it with a sincere heart, he will be found. God's not playing hide and seek. He's right here. He's available. And he wants to be found. Thanks for joining us at White Chapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon bless